Welcome to the Star Report. Hey, thank you for having me. <laughs> no worries, thank you for coming on. Would you like to start by introducing yourself and telling us like what it is you do within the industry? Hey, um, I'm Lizzie. <laughs> oh my god, this feels so weird. Um, hey, I'm Lizzie and I am a makeup artist and a makeup assistant and I work predominantly in the fashion industry, commercial, kind of bits and pieces that pay. That's kind of what I do. <laughs> I love the way you said that pay, that's definitely I the mean, mantra. Being a broke artist isn't really that cool anymore. It's not not as romantic as you might think. Not at all. <laughs> no. But I'd normally say for those that don't know what a makeup artist can you expect, what the role is, can you explain? But I feel like here it's kind of like a given that you'd know what it is. Yeah. But like, so what is a makeup artist? <laughs> I mean, I do makeup for people who, for a lot of models, for occasionally celebrities, or just like general talent, um, people who are going to be in front of the camera or going to events just kind of anything like you facilitate what whatever their needs are okay great so let's let's delve in mm-hmm. to let's delve what was, was that even english let's delve in <laughs> let's delve into your background talk to me about your background like what how did lizzie get to where she is today so i i was actually born in london and i know my accent doesn't suggest that but my parents moved to milan in italy when i was about nine months old uh, my mom's English, my dad's from New Zealand, and they brought me up in Italy. And in Italy, I went to an American school, and I grew up in Milan, which is like one of the fashion capitals of the world. It was pretty cool. Can't, I can't I, lie. I, 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 we're, in, we're in fashion capital. <laughs> I mean, it's one of the fashion capitals, yeah. not all of them, but yeah, Milan's, yeah. Milan's pretty cool. So I grew up amongst a lot of like interesting people. I went to international school, so like I grew up with a lot of different cultures and being exposed to many different backgrounds, and it was honestly like a blessed experience like I think a lot of people don't get that growing up um and how I got into makeup is like when I was really young I started watching like YouTube videos and things of like the OG bloggers and YouTubers probably a little older than everyone else watching but yeah that was kind of my thing and my school was like predominantly very academic and so you were really encouraged to do more traditional sciences exactly exactly and I mean I was okay I mean I was good at those but like it wasn't really anything that my heart ever called out to and um my next door neighbor actually in Milan she teaches or taught she's actually retired now um Italian to the opera singers at La Scala which is like an opera house in Milan which is the main opera house in Milan it's very prestigious you should go um and she kind of like intervened in my life when I was graduating high school and was like what are you doing because I wanted to study psychology and she was like, what are you doing? Like, this is not what you should be doing. And I was like, what? <laughs> and she was like, there's a hair and makeup course at La Scala and you should do it. And I finished high school when I was 17. So I would have been a little bit younger than like the graduate or the the age that you come into university at in England. And oh, I wouldn't yeah. have been able to drink or like go out because I would have been 17. So I did the hair, oh, I did the hair and makeup course. It's for like operatic theater and kind of like, you know, you do a lot of wigs and things like that. And it was, it completely changed my life. And um, after I finished that year, I applied to universities in England to do get a BA in hair and makeup, which you can actually do. And I went to the art university in Bournemouth and graduated about five years ago now. God, it feels like a long time ago. <laughs> I feel so old. Oh, I'm not and, old at um, all. Don't say that. And uh, feels it. <laughs> 
and yeah, and then I did that and then moved to London and a few years later, here we are, I guess. Great journey, full cycle journey. Yeah. Sounds. So you went from Milan yeah. to Bournemouth. That was that must have been quite a culture shock. It was right? such a culture shock. Like, I mean, I didn't realize like what a culture of binge drinking there was in England. I remember my first weekend at uni, a friend and I, a friend of mine and I went um, decided to leave a party early. We came home and this girl like passed out in oh, the hallway, no. like pissed herself, and I was like, not at home anymore. Oh my god, <laughs> never seen that in my life. Oh my god, no way. Yeah, like flat out she was flat out and I remember we were trying to like pick her up off of the hallway floor and like her hair extensions were coming out as we were trying to like hold her head up oh, it was like honestly so such a dramatic like introduction to England <laughs> wow I know first week of uni first weekend yeah first weekend in uni. okay so yeah it was must great <laughs> so yeah. there's like the glam side of makeup and there's the more like prosthetic side so what did yeah. your course like more entail it kind of did both actually a lot of people on my course um have gone on to do to work in film and to do prosthetics or like work in workshops or um prosthetic based uh jobs um I originally thought I wanted to work in film and at my university you had the option to specialize so like you could specialize in either like prosthetics like wigs or fashion mm-hmm. or you could not specialize if you wanted to and just do like a general scope yeah I mean the whole course was the same but like sorry doesn't matter it's fine. <laughs> the, the whole course would have been the same but like you know for your final projects in your last year of university you could have um made them a little bit more catered to what you wanted to focus okay. on so yeah. you'd have like a more um you'd have a stronger portfolio like based on what you wanted to do yeah so like you could take that out to the real like sort of real world per se and yeah. like show it off kind of an idea. Yeah. <laughs> so like prosthetics is like the gory stuff. So like for those that don't know what prosthetics is like yeah. less. It's not necessarily gory. Like um I can't actually remember who won the Oscars this year, but a lot of prosthetics can be very like small. You can do like these big things like monsters and stuff that you may have like seen in movies or, you know, like a werewolf or whatever it may be like frankenstein but it can be much more subtle than that just like a little bit of like a nose like what's that tv show at the moment we work that we we no, we crashed okay. the one with jared leto and um, Anne hathaway in it okay and the prosthetics that they've used on jared leto to like change his face are so small and so fine but like these tiny things like a little bit on the like the bridge of your nose or, like a little bit in your jaw or even like doing things like when Freddie, Mer- uh, Freddie Mercury, what was his name? Rami Malek, <laughs> when he played Freddie Mercury in Bohemian Rhapsody. Okay. They did a little bit to his nose to like make it a little bit larger and they put um, in some teeth so that it would change his speech pattern and the way that he spoke and the way his face sat when he wasn't like emoting or whatever. Wow. You mm. don't realize how technical these things are how, until you exactly. like, you. Yeah. Well, so I mean, the, the, the scope of what you can do is like really vast. You can do like these very small things, very refined things, with these like huge, big prosthetics. Which one do you prefer? Neither. Neither. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, not that side do you me. know what? Like I, I can do them. I probably can't do them very well anymore because I haven't done them in a few years, but it's very time consuming to like build prosthetics first you have to like draw them and design them and then to make them and then to test them out and then to apply them and I like immediate gratification so (laughs) it was never going to work out that was never going to be the pattern no no in terms of building books like in the more like fashion like the kind of like office fashion things that we intern to get our assisting Mm -hmm. roles what's the process in like the beauty industry do you know what I think it's very different for a lot of people I didn't know anyone 
in the industry when I moved to London. Um, a lot of people, there's a lot of nepotism in the industry. So it's all about who you know, not what you can do. But I, at the time, had a boyfriend who had been assisting. He's a set designer and he'd been assisting um, in the industry for about a year before I ever did anything freelance. And he basically helped me build like a small portfolio of like very basic work like lots of skin things very minimal makeup just to show like what my skill based was and then I just emailed everyone I could think of we love a good email yeah emailed emailed just like a very short concise email like saying who I was like what I was interested in doing following people on Instagram like seeing their work in magazines you know just like being aware of like who's in the industry like who are the players at the moment I emailed them, emailed their agents. A lot of makeup artists now, including myself, don't have representation. So you don't always have to go directly through the agent, um, but you can. And for me, it's worked out very well to build that relationship with an agent and an agency. And they book you for different things. And that's kind of how I went about it. And the more you assist, the more people know you, obviously. And then word of mouth, like if you do a good job with one person, maybe they'll recommend you to someone else and it kind of like just goes from there at least in my experience well let's talk about the importance of word of mouth then I feel like Mm. word of mouth especially like when you're a freelancer Mm -hmm. that must be everything kind of because like how else are you going to get bookings per se because it's like you can you can introduce yourself online and say like I can do this I can do that but they really want to know the type of person you are especially in such an industry that's so like fast-paced and Mm -hmm. everyone's kind of always saying I'm not very big on Instagram I get very bad Insta anxiety, so I don't post very much, and that's like a really bad thing. Don't do that. (laughs) I I would encourage everyone to have an online presence. I don't have much of one, but it's not been so detrimental to my career. But yeah, don't do that. (laughs) (laughs) So you worked at Mac. Did you do that like during university, or was that like when you came out? Um, I applied actually for a job at Mac when I was at university. Uh, One of my friends worked there, and they wouldn't give me a job because I didn't have any retail experience and I was like well how am I supposed to get experience if no one will hire me <laughs> that is actually the story that I hear everyone say like everyone's just like how yeah. am I to get a job and they want experience but they won't give they me won't the give experience, experience. Like, who's gonna give it to me then exactly so I didn't get that um and one summer between I think my second and third year I started doing zero hour contract work for this like I can't remember what they were called but it was like an agency where you'd go I'm gonna burp excuse me <laughs> <laughs> oh my god <laughs> excuse me sorry guys <clears throat> i started working on counters <laughs> so. No, no, no. <laughs> so you started working on counters <laughs> <laughs> yeah i started working on counters um through this and then when i moved to london i was doing more of this because i wasn't really sure what i was doing and like the jobs were it was easy to get a job there and you can just pick and choose your hours and your days well within reason and then anyways I uh I was doing some like um of the temporary hour work at Mac and the manager really liked me and offered me a job like and I was like sweet and she really sold it to me as like um for those of you don't know Mac is like very prestigious makeup brand within the industry and like at large I guess and they do or they used to do they may still do like um, a lot of fashion week work and that's kind of how it was like sold to me is like if I worked there long enough then I could build up my portfolio and like be introduced to like people who could help me further along my career as like a freelancer didn't work out like that but 
that's how it was sold to me. So I did that when I graduated about like maybe a year after I graduated, maybe 11 months after. You know what's so funny? I always like wondered, like, how does one get a job at a cosmetic store? I'll like, so just like, go there. In the interview, do they make, say, draw an eyebrow? Literally, eyebrows and eyes. No. Like, is that the way so, that they kind I of... mean, I never actually applied for the job, which I think is not a very traditional process of getting it. I was really lucky. I've never actually applied for a job, but it's just, you know, it's just how it happened for me. It was very natural. Um, I had an interview with the manager in a Starbucks <laughs> and uh, then I had to do what they call like a trade test, which is basically like you bring in a model and they give you like 30 minutes to do like a basic makeup just to prove that like you're not it. <laughs> I would fail. I let no, you make up. I make up as I no, go along. Like I have no, no I mean, like, it's just, you know, it's about like working in retail, at least like the brand that I was working for was very much about like more about like the customer experience, like being able to sell. And not so much about the artistry, which is like what I thought it was going to be like. But I think a lot of people different have different experiences and no hate to Mac at all. I think I just had a weird, a weird place I was working at. Well, it must have been like a huge transition from like working like a, at Mac, like a cosmetic store to like main yeah. stage makeup. Yeah, it, it was it was weird. So like after when I well, actually whilst I was working at Mac I used to work in Harvey Nichols the Mac there which doesn't exist anymore which is really sad I know. and they closed it a couple of years ago um but we used to get a lot of like sometimes occasionally celebrities and like you know a lot of people with money and one day this woman walked in and I was doing her makeup and we were just having a chat and she turned out to be a costume designer and so like we started talking and I'm like oh have you done anything that I would know about she's like have you ever heard of Pirates of the Caribbean and I was like yeah she hasn't <laughs> obviously Johnny Depp and she's like Johnny's such a babe and I was like yeah no Johnny's such a babe I know my little heart's like I'm like 21 I'm like yeah he is <laughs> and uh yeah then she got me a job on Men in Black as a daily and that's how like I started working with that but it, that was just like a complete freak like ac- you know accident Men in Black Chris Hemsworth, ugh. Chris Hemsworth. Chris Hemsworth. Yeah. So I was like walking past and you were t- like, were you, t- were you touching? I never got to touch him. No, oh, I got no. to see him. He does a lot of like weird like face exercises, a lot of, you know, <laughs> to like warm up. Then he has to, you know, he's got that thought to. No, I mean, you, got, you gotta like it? warm up the face, warm up the muscles. But yeah, so I did that for a couple months whilst I was working at Mac, which was interesting. Very disjointed, like scheduling. I was waking. Yeah. I was thinking, what would the scheduling kind of be like? So. The Mac that I used to work in, we often would be on the late shift because that's when most people come to shop, I guess. No one comes early in the morning. And I'd be finishing at like eight or nine o'clock. And then when I was on the film, I'd have to be up at two or three in the morning to get to Watford for like half three to start working in the crowd tent for quarter to four, four o'clock to have all the cast right or the extras ready for, depending on the days, between like seven to nine or eight. Lord, that's like a full Does he drink your water? So that's like a what, like a twenty hour work day. No, I mean we wouldn't so like that was the days on the film. Normally okay. we'd be finishing at like five or six, but then it's still like however long commute I don't drive, so I'd have to get on like the bus with everyone to go back to the station to then go home. Or occasionally I get Ubers in the evenings. I'd always have to get Ubers in the mornings. That sounds rough. So like I could never really balance it out because like one day I'd be working at Mac finishing at nine and then the next day I'd be finishing at five. I have to be up at two. You know yeah, what I mean? Like, like it's your so body weird. clock must have not been it wasn't, regular. No. <laughs> but you know. It was it was hard. 
well, from kind of, you know, film sets and stuff like that, cosmetics, then you went to fashion week. Like, yeah. fashion week is like the best thing to happen to fashion, in my opinion. Like, I love fashion yeah, week so it's much. Fun. It's so fun. I love attending. Yeah, it's super I've fun. Never really, I've been backstage, but I've never really, like, thought of the people that work backstage. You would have been one of the people that, like, work yeah, backstage. Yeah, I that work was, backstage. How's fashion week working backstage for you? Like, I know the chaos of the models is, like, always... Oh, do you know what? Yeah. So, like, it's really different for different shows. Like, I did a show for Regina Pio, um, lead makeup artist B Suite. Shout out to B, love you. <laughs> um, and that was in February, I think. And it was such a chill day. Like, we got there at like one o'clock, and then all the models had facials, and it was just, it was a very simple, beautiful look. So, it was a really beautifully, like, easy day. But then sometimes a couple, sh- a couple days before that, I was assisting Zoe Taylor. Shout out to Zoe. And uh, that was an intense one. We were, had to be there for eight o'clock and people normally get there early so that you can set up and be ready like on the dot so that when the models come in, you can just like bosh it out. And we couldn't get in until eight o'clock. So we had to like set up and it was cold. It was like we were in some like church and there was no heating. So it was freezing. Oh, Lord. I know. And also there were less makeup assistants. So there was you had to do more models. So it kind of depends. Like sometimes the vibes are like crazy, crazy. Like brushes are flying, like hairsprays going everywhere. <laughs> People are naked in the corner, and you're just like, "I need to have some breakfast. I haven't eaten in like two days." And then sometimes it's really chill. So I feel like you just express the importance of calling times. Yeah, I am such Get a stickler for calling times. You have Get to be at the calling time. But I was late. It's fine. <laughs> but I was late today. But you know, in a professional environment, like calling times are so important. Yeah, like I don't play about. So them. in my opinion get there 10 to 15 minutes early that's on time being on time is late so like at least at work like I take that very seriously because especially if you're assisting and if you get there early and the person that you're assisting is there then you can help them with their bag and like you can have like that initial like face-to-face like conversation before you get thrown into the job so it's a very good way to start the day and then you're not stressing you know like you know you're going to be there on time because you're early yeah fair enough be well, early <laughs> be early <laughs> well yeah. in terms of the more kind of logistical sides of like assisting in yep. fashion we do like the packing bags like that's our kind of like assisting kind of thing how do you assist on on the makeup things like one oh. person will do eyeshadow you guys will be doing like the foundation how does like assisting it, with makeup work do you know it really again it's a bit it's a difficult question to answer because it's it's it really is very dependent on the person that you're working with or working for um some people really like you to be very involved and like get you to do makeup which is always fun and then some people basically your job as an assistant is to make their life easier whatever that is like washing brushes getting them coffee helping them pack or unpack their suitcase finding out information about the shoot that they don't know like getting a model list whatever the job may be um it it honestly depends it really really depends what you do um but yeah, just like I, the only thing I can say about assisting is just like, ask what your person, <laughs> ask what they need or like what you can do to be helpful and just be, I guess, like aware of what's going on around you. Like, for example, if someone's doing an eyeliner, for example, like a winged eyeliner and they're using, I don't know, like a gel pot, like a, a pot of gel, the brush, holding the gel so they can be closer to their hands they don't have to like keep turning around and like getting all the stuff or getting like q-tips ready with like some um uh makeup remover so they can clean up the edges like being proactive about things like that that's a really good way to like 
for them to notice like you're on it and like you're ready and you're paying attention you know you'd what I mean? never think about those little things though hmm. like I wouldn't think I wouldn't think about like having a key tip on hand but it makes sense yeah. like you've got to be kind of like it's really it's involved. something that like people who assist full-time or people who are first assistants to to makeup artists basically they want you to be like two steps ahead of them and like know what they're going to do before they know it yeah. you know what I mean yeah like say two steps ahead but then that's like all the best assistants should like always be like, two. Yeah. like you know you need to know their schedule better than they know it basically exactly yeah like yeah exactly. so I guess said about like knowing what's coming next yeah next. I mean like if you know how to do makeup like you understand some things you know like if they're going to be using different concealers like maybe you can lay them out for them or like if they're going to be using a mascara getting I don't know some mascara wands out for them so they can do that you know what I mean like it's just just about thinking like it's a little bit of common sense but it's also about paying attention and being aware you know so in your time assisting what's it been like like all your time where you were where you were assisting what's it been I like? still assist I'm I wouldn't say like I still probably about half of my work is still assisting which I really love I love working with different people and it's, it's a really good way to learn and like kind of build your skill set and like what you like and what you don't like and where you want your career to go but assisting's been good I really enjoy it um it's it's great like if you know everyone gets burned a couple times but I've been very lucky knock on wood somewhere <laughs> that it's a uh, it's I've had generally very good experiences but I'm a like firm believer like if you put out good energy and like you're nice which is <laughs> for some people harder uh, harder to do I always say in the industry kindness is so valuable kindness like, in is this industry so especially valuable. I remember all the kindness I've met with basically yeah. I mean, because... kindness is met with kindness. Like, good energy comes out with good energy. And, uh, yeah, it's it's been great. Like, I've been very lucky to work with some very talented people and build relationships with them. And, yeah, it's it's been great. Really, really good. Well, obviously, every assistant kind of has, like, a nightmare kind of side. Have you ever had a nightmare kind of thing? Like, maybe all um, the brushes dropped on the way up. <laughs> I've... Imagine that. I've... Oh, no. <sighs> I've never had like a nightmare. One of the more stressful jobs I ever did, I was assisting this makeup artist on, I want to say like the BAFTAs a couple years ago. And we were doing two people in the same hotel, but it was like, it was like a hotel apartment thing. So like each floor was different apartments, but it was like separated from the, it was very confusing. And because these were celebrities, they had bodyguards outside each door and there weren't enough key cards for us to be using. So we had to get like different key cards to go up and down all the floors. And it was just a nightmare because like half of the kit was like in one apartment. The other half was in a different and like she'd be like going between the two. Oh my and gosh, I can't imagine that. Me, me and the other two, me and the other assistant were just like running between these different apartments on different floors of this building without key cards, like trying to get in. Like the bodyguards being like, no, you're not supposed to be. And we're like, yes, we are. <laughs> we need to get inside. Literally, there's and, no like, time. And that's the thing is like, you know, especially for like event makeup, like they need to leave at a certain point. Like they're they're like it's either done or it's not and they go you know what I mean like there's no like we're gonna be another hour like, you need to leave so that was pretty stressful makeup for the BAFTAs though wow yeah that it was cool quite it was really cool it was the year it was a couple years ago it was pre-covid um it was the year Joaquin Phoenix was the Joker and I got to see him which was very cool hey hey <laughs> well you do freelance makeup mm -hmm. also what's that like in like it's kind of the same thing being like a makeup assistant, a makeup artist is just all of under like the same umbrella of being a freelancer. And when did you decide to go freelance more? So, um, 
when I basically had enough working at Mac, I was not happy. And a lot of, I I was like starting to get some freelance work, like assisting wise. And I kept having to turn down jobs for my shifts. And I was like, this is ridiculous. Like, this is not what I want to be doing. And I can't not go because I'm on a rota. I feel like that's when most people, when it kind of clicks for most people. Yeah. Like when you realize that you have to turn down things that you enjoy doing. Exactly. Or like the structured kind of yeah, work exactly. that you've got already sitting down. I mean, I was working part time and in, in theory, I thought it would work out really well to like work three days at Mac and then I could do other work along the side, but like I could just never get the scheduling or the balance right. Um. So I basically like decided I enough is enough and I just had to quit and just like, put my faith in the universe and hopefully things would work out i love how in tune with the you universe know. you really are you are like so but you've I, always been that's, that's why i love you you're just so zen like you're just like yeah. i mean i wouldn't necessarily say that i feel like i'm pretty high strung but like <laughs> yeah i i honestly believe that most people are good and i think if you're kind to people and you are you try to be good with people you get that back like whatever you decide to do i love that that's good advice. That's no, it's really good true. Advice. It's true. Like, honestly, you wouldn't believe how many assholes there are and like nasty people, you know, like just being nice is actually can get you so far. Yeah. Like one of the makeup artists I assist, um, she can be, she gets a little bit of anxiety, which I can appreciate because I am also a very anxious person. And she on the way to work will often do like a headspace or like a meditation. So she can like come into that environment with like, creativity and like being like leave all her shit outside and like come into the job with only good vibes and good energy and just like a good headspace which i think is like actually very morally responsible very mm. especially in such a stressful environment like you know you're gonna get annoyed at some point in the day so you might as well take that minute to get a bit yeah get your level. head right and get ready yeah, yeah i love it <laughs> so do you meditate and stuff like that is that something that you kind of do occasionally i mean i don't have much time a lot of the time to like actually get out of my head and like do things like that i'd like to do more but yeah i do well you briefly touched on the fact that you had like a crazy schedule mm. do you find it difficult to like balance work yeah. life and home yeah. life especially like as a freelancer <laughs> it must be yeah it's hard it's really hard um yeah. i think i'm at the age where and a lot of my friends are as well, where we're kind of like still, we're starting to make a little bit of headway. And once you kind of start, you know, it's kind of, it's not necessarily like a linear growth, but once you start to make headway and you start to get like the good jobs, or like the jobs that you want to be doing, doing the work you want to do, you kind of just have to like prioritize that a lot. Some people are lucky where they can get a better balance. I'm still very much like in the grind, but hopefully one day it'll pay off and then. It definitely will. You're yeah. amazing. Oh, thank you <laughs> and in terms of like doing the more freelance work and kind of like differentiating between like uh, I can take like this is a freelance thing I'd enjoy because when you're freelance obviously is it like you take any job or is it like you only do the work that you enjoy more so depends on how broke I'm feeling <laughs> <laughs> I mean God's honest truth like um I wish I I, I would love to say like I only do the things I want to do but you know London's expensive. Rent's expensive. My cat's gluten intolerant. <laughs> like he has to get that premium cat food. No, yeah. So, London is so stupidly expensive. It's so expensive. So like I work a lot to I mean, also I love my job, so it's not really like it's not a big ass to work a lot. Um, and I'm friends of I made have made so many beautiful friends through my job. So it's just great most of the time. Like sometimes the hours were long. Like yesterday and the day before I was on a 
14 or 15 hour shoot both days and like less than 12 hours in between the two different days which was intense didn't see the sun <laughs> but you know it happens sometimes and what's great and what would you like more say the transition between like being a fully employed member of like mac and like having that structured kind of like yeah. working out so you know this type of money's coming in and being a more freelancer do you find it like a bit scary or difficult oh god yeah <laughs> I always I, say this. I always say this to people. Like, it's so difficult being a free. Everyone's like yeah. freelance. Like, you choose your hours. You can no, you sleep don't. whatever you want. Like, no. I mean, maybe it's, it depends it what really you do. Scary. It depends what you do. Like, maybe if, if you are like a YouTuber or writer or something, you can do that. But it's not really like that for me. Um, it is scary, but like, you just kind of try and be good with money. Like, the advice that I wish I had known before I went freelance was to have like a little nest egg of money. Like, maybe depending on like what your rent is and like your utilities or whatever like have three to six months saved prior to going freelance so like when the delays of the payments because something else about at least my industry there can be a very severe delay with payment we're gonna get into that yeah so anywhere between like a month to nine months what? sometimes like a year no way yeah one of my first ever assisting jobs was at british vogue and the day rate was very bad. I won't even like tell you how bad it was because it was like illegal for not. A, I mean, no, God, I can't say that. But like it was very low and I was there for like 12 hours and it took them nine and a half months to pay me. And it was like less than 50. <laughs> no way. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if this is like that anymore. So like, don't come for me. But I but the, when I did it a few years ago, it was very low and it took them a long time. Well, let's get more into your freelance kind of work. Mm -hmm. Obviously, being a freelancer is like you're your own boss, which obviously comes with its pros and cons. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, you can kind of like dictate what work you kind of want to do. Well, mm -hmm. depending on how Broke your finances are feeling. Yeah, <laughs> depending sure. on how your finances are feeling. But like the more like technical stuff, like I've always wondered, do you have to do your own taxes? Some people get accountants. Um, I'm very lucky that my aunt is an accountant. And I also have an app called QuickBooks, which I would really recommend to anyone. What's it called? QuickBooks. QuickBooks. Okay. QuickBooks, yeah. There's uh, a normal one. There's also a freelancer's one that you can download on your phone. I think it's like five pounds a month or maybe something less. And basically, it just kind of imports all your um, uh, expenses. You can send your invoices through it. So like it tells you when your payments are delayed. Kind of keeps track of things and kind of does a lot of what an accountant could do for you. So I use that and do that manually and I have a business card and I have a personal card and I try not to mix up the two. And yeah. And then at the end of every year I go through it with my aunt and then, yeah. Right so, off as an expenditure. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you'd be surprised at what you can get away with expensing. I've heard, I've heard like crazy things. I was even thinking like when you like register yeah. something as like a corporation, yeah. certain things that you think are like sky high prices, when you're a corporation, they are not even Yeah, when you register anything. for like VAT, I think you have to be earning at least or over 80k a year to do that but then you can like buy things at trade prices, I believe. Yeah. Some, I mean, I'm, I don't actually know because I'm not quite there yet, but I, yeah. It's I heard something about a G-Wagon, a Mercedes G-Wagon, being a completely different price when you're like a registered corporation yeah, than bro. when you're a... Like, it's so weird, isn't it? So hint, hint, if you want a, a G-Wagon. Become a company. <laughs> <laughs> but like, tell us about the in-between. So like, obviously you've spoken on invoices, but like, let's talk about the stuff that they don't see as a freelancer because everyone kind of think like it's kind of glamorous to kind of do things on your oh own God. and be your own kind of... I mean... Free. It, it can be. I think being a freelancer can be quite lonely if you don't 
have a lot of people in your life who are good and like have good energy around you and good people because at least for me like you're working with a lot of different people almost every day and so you're meeting there's like this revolving door of people in your life and if you're not solid with the people around you or like you know it can it can be hard but it's fun I mean like it's not as glamorous as it seems a lot of my life is like running around on the trains or in cabs at like silly o'clock in the morning with multiple suitcases and rushing around not getting much time to eat and like have a breather or like respond to people or things like that but I wouldn't trade it for the world I love it I love that so much yeah. you are such a positive person I remember when I met you you came with like how many suitcases just you know yeah. like up the stairs oh my god yeah and where's the coffee where's the coffee where's the coffee and it where's the coffee it's my first question every day where's the coffee no I think you introduced me to a great drink though like what's your what's your go-to coffee drink? My go my oh, do you know what? I'm actually so basic. I love iced coffee. You I like oat milk, isn't it? Nah, I'm a coconut milk girl. Coconut milk. Oh, these coconut milk. Do you know what? They don't always have coconut milk, so like I'm often very sad. <laughs> <laughs> but I love iced coffee. I'll drink it all year round yeah, if I, I can get got, it. I think we've got an iced coffee together. Yeah, babe. Yeah. Ice coffee's great. Iced coffee in the snow. Iced coffee in the heat. Not in the snow. <laughs> Where in my life I get iced coffee in the snow. <laughs> yeah. I was doing a Sephora job a couple years ago and we had to be there at like five or six in the morning. And I remember walking to the studio, like going to Starbucks first and getting an iced coffee. And the guy was like, Are you sure it's like zero degrees? Outside? And I was like, Yes. <laughs> I am a hundred percent sure this is what I want. <laughs> Why are you asking questions when it comes to coffee? Just you give know, me my coffee. I know. I'm like shaking. we're not here for interrogation. Just like I'm I'm paying you, please. Who, who said you're the coffee to please? In but no. But it's no doubt that we're at in the age of the entrepreneur. Like everyone has their own business and everyone's kind of like yeah. working for themselves, kind of like it's the it's the new call. Like being your own boss is the new call. Yeah. You spoke briefly on like being lonely, like when it's like time to like work so hard. How do you kind of deal with like this hustle culture time that we're in? Like how do you keep going when you know it's getting to like times of burnout and things like that? Do you experience burnout? Yeah. Um a couple I finished, um, I was doing this job for the Marriott and it was a six, six, seven week job. And like, it wasn't obviously every day, but like it involved a lot of traveling and I like to be at home. So it was, it's difficult for me to fall asleep in places that aren't like my own bed. And that was intense, like traveling every week and doing different things every week. And, um, that was hard. And like, I was pretty burnt out by the end of that. I think I had like four days off in March, maybe it was five. It was not very many, but when it rains, it pours. And like, I think I don't speak just for myself when post COVID, I think a lot of people are still feeling, oh God, fuck, excuse me, feeling not having worked for a few months and everyone's still scared that something else could happen. And then, you know, but I think honestly, like the trick to it is doing what you love. It, it doesn't get boring and it doesn't get tiring. Obviously the days are long and just about taking time to look after yourself whatever that may look like like getting massages or seeing your friends or just like taking a day to like watch tv all day and like eat mcdonald's whatever so your way of like staying motivated during those times was kind of like taking time to like watch tv and see friends and things like that yeah i mean like it, it's it sounds so easy but like yeah i mean also i interact with people all day and like i speak to people all day and it can be pretty exhausting. Like when you want to go home, you just like want to, you don't want to speak to anyone. You just like want to be at home or like do whatever. And it's just about finding that balance of like, some people love to go out after work. So like on that real buzz, I get it sometimes, like not always if I'm working the next day, I won't always do things like that. Cause I like to be clear headed the next day. 
but yeah, it's just really just about looking after yourself and knowing, like knowing your body and like knowing when enough is enough. Like, it's not bad to take a break. I feel like we're mm-hmm. actually in such a time where everyone feels like it's so negative. Like, you should not stop working. Don't stop working. Like, why that's are you not really working? That's really toxic. It's so toxic. It's really toxic. And I feel like everyone kind of uses this narrative, like, you're so privileged. You have all these things. And it's like, yeah, like, I get all of that. But, like, mm. it's hard to want to keep going sometimes. Especially sure. when like, everyone's, like, looking at you and thinking, why aren't you? Like, like, I always feel like people are looking at me and asking, like, why aren't you working? It's like, no one probably cares. Like, deep down, <laughs> probably no one cares. You're doing it to yourself. Yeah. You're psyching yourself out. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. I, I agree with you on that. But I think at the end of the day, is like, even if you're working all the time, and like, maybe you're earning money, yeah, like, you're not spending it, because all you're doing is working, like, you don't see people, because literally, it's just like, go to sleep, wake up, go to work, go to sleep, prepare for the next day. And like, I know, I have people in my life who live their lives like that. And it's, it's intense, like, especially one person in particular, travels all the time like in and out of the states paris everywhere and it's it's really hard and honestly the trick is just like having good people around you and like having people to come home to and people who really like genuinely love you and care about you and want what's best for you and the people who call you out for shit like if you've been a dick because you've just been working for like three months straight not seeing anyone like where, where are you yeah, you do need people like that. You do need mm. people that will like hold you kind of accountable. Like mm-hmm. it's actually really useful. For sure. Especially in adult life. Adult life is so difficult. Oh my god, being an adult is so actually boring. I don't like, like it. No one, no one tells you, no one tells you that it's like actually you work all the time and like And I don't know who begged me to rush. Like when I was younger, all I want to do you're is You're so see young. I actually don't even want to hear it. You're, like, you're <laughs> so young. Yeah, I'm still I'm still young. I'm babe. still so young. I'm still so young. Yeah, yeah no. but you know. Yes, yeah, it's not. It's not it though. I still feel. I still feel it in my heart sometimes. I'm still like, oh, like I don't want to go to work today. I don't. I don't want to do know. this anymore. Where's Where's the bank? Where's the school holidays? Well, that's also the thing. Like bank holidays don't really exist for freelancers. Oh my gosh, no, <laughs> no. I mean, I'm working tomorrow and the next two days, and I think <clears throat> today's the only day off. The day off I have until next Wednesday. And no, two Wednesdays away. I came for I you. I love yeah. you so much. Yeah, I leave. I I don't know where I'm going yet, but I'm either going to Italy or Spain on Wednesday. Then when I get back, I've got like three days in London consecutively. So it's be like... Is it for fun? Are you going to Spain? It's no, for I'm work? going for work, yeah. Work. Well, that's a... I like overseas kind of work. I enjoy yeah, it Yeah, it it's fun. It can be very intense, but I mean, TBC, I'll let you know how the job goes. Could be super chill, could not be chill. Who knows? Definitely like that. Yeah, but in terms of like timing, obviously like post COVID, everything is so like dreary and stuff like that. How did you kind of know it was your time to like venture out and like do more for you as well as like still stick into your assisting things, but do more for you like as your own entity? It kind of happened organically, to be honest. Like the first few months after COVID, things were really busy, and then I went through like a lull of being less busy, and it really took a toll on like my self worth. And like, I think as a woman, it feels very empowering. I guess to anyone, but like. For me specifically, like it feels very empowering to know that like I can buy whatever I need. I can pay my rent. I can look after myself. I love that. You know, because it, it's also very liberating, like especially if you're in a relationship or like your parents support you or whatever, like to know like God forbid any of those things are no longer in your life, but you can you can save yourself. You can be your own hero, your own boss. And um, I did the whole email thing again. And it's one of those things, excuse me, lose my voice. It's one of those things like, you don't always have to, but sometimes like resending out emails to people who maybe like 
you know, there's so many assistants and there's so many people like just to be like, Hey, by the way, I'm here, you know, or like posting on Instagram, like doing all those things, like to just keep up the content, keep like new stuff coming to the surface. Um, it's always good, but yeah, no, for me, like it happened really organically. Like I still assist, so I don't want people to think that I don't, but you know, when you have a good relationship with someone you work for, maybe you meet someone on set who you get along with really well, they'll pass your name and number to someone else or a few people that I assist in particular, if they can't do a job, they'll ask me to cover it for them. And, you know, things happen like that, like organically. But again, you have to have a good relationship with someone. They have to trust you and know that you can do the job, A, and that you're not going to steal clients from them. That's big faux pas. Don't do that. Touch your phone, fashion and in the beauty industry and every, in every kind of thing. Yeah. Like, you don't want to approach, you don't want to be a client boat job. Per se. No, like obviously if someone approaches you directly, like have a conversation, like it's a bit of an awkward situation, obviously, like have a conversation with the person who you're working for and like say, you know, this happened. How do we feel about it? What can we do about it? How would you feel if I was to the job in your place? Like, would this be, you know, an issue? But yeah, I started the majority of my own work has started through people that I met through work. Um, a few contacts actually from university have um, helped me get a few of my own jobs, which has been really good. Working with production agencies or production companies rather, um, when they remember you and they book you for jobs and they, they like you, it's, yeah, very organic, I guess. Do you feel like you could have done what you do right now without university? Because you went to go study at Bournemouth, but do you yeah. feel like you could have done it, like you'd be where you are right now without going? Do you feel I like... think about that a lot, you know. Um, when that student debt comes out, you're probably thinking, did, did I really need to do this? Do you know what I mean? But I don't know, like, technically speaking, for what I do, like, being... A fashion makeup artist isn't rocket science. Like, let's be honest, we're not saving lives. It's not that deep. It's fun and it's really cool and it's creative, but it's, you know, we're not saving the world. Like, let's let's be real. But let's save the world one brush at a time. One brush at a time, one you know what I mean? One brush at a time. But for me, going to university was more than just about the skills that I learned. It was about like being independent because it was the first time I'd left home. I mean, I'd lived in Italy for 18 years and never lived in England. Um, and I went to an art university, so all of the courses were very creative and it was a very collaborative experience. You know, I met people on film, people in photography, still lots of my best friends are from university. People who worked in set design, fashion, costume, whatever it is, you know, and those contacts have actually helped me a lot. And for that, maybe it was good. For like the technical thing, if you know you want to be like a fashion makeup artist or just be, or not just be, sorry, or like be more of like a glam makeup artist or do clients, whatever, that's, if that's your thing, I wouldn't necessarily say you need to go to university. You don't need to get a degree in makeup. Like it's, you know, you're not a lawyer, not a doctor. It's not necessary. If you want to do prosthetics, perhaps, but again, there, there are courses that are not so long. You can do them in a year. There's one at, um, I want to say at Pinewood Studios, one of the film studios in England. And you can do, I think it's like a year long course and they can help you get like work experience on the films. And that's how a lot of people go into the film industry. So that's really good, but it kind of depends like what you want to do. So bit of a difficult question to answer. I don't really know. Like it was great for experience, maybe not so great for like everything. So knowing know? what you know now then and like being where you are now, would you yeah. if you could go back and like do that all again, would you have gone again? Or yeah. you, you still would have gone? Yeah. So I guess there are positives kind of to it. Yeah, I mean it was more it was more than just like what I learned. It was a very humbling experience. Like the school that I went to 
was very privileged and I had never met people who, you know, like I, I went to a, a, a very privileged school, you know, and I'd never met people who like didn't have like thousands of like thousands of pounds in their bank account their parents gave them, you know, and I was just like, what? You know, and it, it like brought me down to earth in like a way that I can't even describe. And it made me such a better person to like get out of my bubble. And that was amazing in itself. And like, obviously, there's so many people in the world and just like my bubble of people at home was very small. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I would, I would go back because, you know, you grow up a bit, you know, you, I fell in love for the first time and like got my heart broken, Aww. which also like taught me a lot about myself and like people. Love is so scary. Oh, bro, love. <laughs> love is so, so love scary. Love is so scary. But don't recommend. <laughs> don't recommend it. But yeah. no, but that sounds so sweet because I feel like, so in my throat now, mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of people kind of like, forget like because like not everything's like not everything requires a degree anymore so a lot of people just no. like fast track and just like run straight to work yeah and I'm guilty of it too and I feel like one thing that I do kind of miss about school is like the fact the that you do feel like a child like that's your like few years that you have to just worry about school and that's it when you're yeah. in the working world you're in about bills you're worrying about like so many other things that you yeah. just probably wouldn't think about while you're at it's a nice school. transition between being like a student I guess like in high school or sixth form i guess or normal school in england and being an adult it's like an interesting transition um it's a lot of growing up i mean i had a few friends at least on my course who went to university for the shits and giggles and like just because they could and why not i don't know i don't know if 30k of debt is like worth the shits and giggles for three years but you know who's gonna say yeah i mean i feel like that's that's a good note i have friends that don't go to lectures and when i see them they're sending videos they go for the parties they go to like you know i don't know whatever you do at uni like the drugs the parties whatever but how are you that like you know you know what would like drive me to go to my lecture like even if it's a 9 a.m i'd I'd get out of bed because i know that's like 50 pounds like that's just 50 pounds that's just left my account yeah but i mean it, it i guess it depends like what your relationship with money growing up is too you know like if you have a lot of privilege and a lot of like access to funds 50 pounds maybe not isn't that much money to you but like to people who you know have um scholarships or or benefits or whatever that's a lot of money or paying their way for themselves like I had friends at university who paid for university out of their own pocket and like that's fucking amazing that is huge I know like crazy especially my eyeball no worries that's so attractive <laughs> <laughs> no I can't I can only imagine like imagine paying away through school like I see it in movies yeah. like, I can never imagine actually like in reality like people actually do pay their way through school that's, yeah that's they do lot. yeah and a lot of people have to work to like sustain themselves whilst being at uni which is intense yeah I can yeah imagine yeah but you've worked on editorials campaigns like mm-hmm. there's so many different like levels to the kind of makeup thing you've worked for award shows you just said fashion weeks what's your favorite kind of thing in in that kind of scope area do you mean like favorite shoot or like like your favorite like your kind favorite of campaign, your favorite shoot yeah you can pick um god this is like so cliche to say but i just like it when the team is good like it's always really you people that say i just like it when the team are good what, what? yeah i like i like it the really intense days can be really good it can be really good learning experiences and it can be like just an incredible job to be a part of like this job next week is gonna it's for a very big designer and it's gonna be my first like week-long campaign i'm assisting but like i've never done anything like that before in my life god excuse me (laughs) um so that's exciting 
but fashion week is fun it can be really stressful especially if you're doing like multiple shows a day like getting in between the different venues and like all the cabs are always booked so it's always a lot (laughs) oh my god and i don't know I like it when the team is good. Like when it's a editorial, sometimes you get to be a little creative. So that can be like really stimulating. And you get to try like different things out, which is always cool. I don't know. Just like the day is good when the vibes are good. You know, yeah. if you're working with assholes, it's never going to be fun, no matter how fun the job could be. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like working with like sleezers. No. Like, people are really uptight. I don't really like it. No. It feels a bit like, Again, like we're not rigid. saving lives. Like might as well have some fun while you're doing it. I love this. We're not saving lives. No, we're not. <laughs> No, we're not. Helping the planet one out there at the time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but so, but like, you must have, like, a favourite campaign you've worked on. Like, what's the best campaign you've worked on? Best campaign. <laughs> um, I don't know. You don't know? I don't know. Well, I know you've worked on a lot of campaigns from just speaking to you and like mm. obviously having like chats with you. And I think the biggest scandal you unveiled to me was that skincare adverts use makeup. Yeah. Not but- a lot. Not a lot. I mean, it depends. It depends on the brand. Like I actually just finished a two-day skincare campaign yesterday and the day before. And we almost used no makeup. It's mostly using the product, of course, and, you know, trying to show like the skin in its best way. But like, you know, if there's like a blemish or two, you, you conceal it. But like, it's not about, it's not like a full face of makeup like you and I are wearing. I mean, I'm not actually wearing that much skin makeup. But like, that's besides the point. It's just about making the person look as flawless as possible without making them look unreal. But isn't that, that is still a scandal. That's still a scandal. You don't think make, I wouldn't think skincare ads. Glossy skincare ads, I'm thinking like, wow, her skin's so perfect. I should buy this. But then mm. it's found, anyone would look like that with foundation or like SPF cream. Don't really use foundation on skincare ads. It's a little bit, a lot of it's just like about really good skin prep, making sure the skin is looking the best that it can look, um, using good quality products and like, you know, really looking at the skin, like understanding what it needs and what its, you know, requirements are. And the brief, obviously, for the job. But yeah, there's a little bit of skincare, uh, makeup, sorry. But like for me personally, I do um, I do a few of my own things, like my personal work with skincare brands. And I don't use much makeup. What I like to do is like make sure brows are really groomed. Like basically make the person look very, very groomed. I'm not into like cover, like if they have some darkness under the eyes, leave that. It's real. But like if you've got like a hickey, I'm not going to you know ignore that <laughs> which i've had before by the way like a oh girl's no, coming got, with a hickey no way or what do you call it in england um a love, love bite, bite. Yeah. yeah and i'm like oh what is this and she's like oh it's like a baseball and i was like no <laughs> <laughs> just a- i've been 18 before too i know what this is <laughs> yeah so things like that you know or like especially as well like some brands or some clients don't love tattoos so things like that again you would cover up yeah. and that's yeah but there is some makeup and skincare brands well who needs morals anyway <laughs> he needs more money makes you know the world what? go money does make the world go round which is a great lead into my next question do these brands pay i've always had brands pay like brands is where the bank probably yeah at. i mean it, it depends it depends on the budget is it depends on what they're using the the content for like if it's just if it's more for social media the budget tends to be lower if it's going to be like a big campaign like I've done a few things with like Sports Direct and things like that. And then I see them on Oxford Street. I'm like, hey, <laughs> that's pretty cool. <laughs> um, or, it, I mean, it, it depends. It really depends like on what 
the usage, I guess, for the images or the content that you're creating is going to be. Do you get like some sort of like liaison in that too? Because I know like models can be like, oh yes, it's going to be up for a year. I've never done that myself. Um, that's kind of something I'm more working out. Like the more I start to do my own things as an assistant, you tend to get like a flat rate and this is what you're offered and that's what you get. I'm not privy really to if the makeup artists that are in charge, like the head makeup artists are getting usage, usage fees. Maybe they are. I, I don't, I don't know. So I, I've never considered that. Because I'd always known for the models, but mm-hmm. I'd never known for like the people that actually worked on the stuff mm. behind. Because a lot of photographers scenes, as well get usage usage um, fees as well. Yeah, I know a few photographers. They make, they make big bank. Yeah, bank. I know. But becoming a photographer is a hard thing to like. Yeah, even it is. It is because again, photography is one of those industries as well, similar to like the beauty industry, which is like so oversaturated with like the rise of Instagram. Everyone thinks they can be a photographer. Yeah. which you can be a photographer but like can you be a good photographer i don't yeah. know <laughs> i guess so because everyone's like just like lighting and filters but like realistically yeah. that i mean natural. lighting does so much like light is like 90 percent of their jobs and they're big big up for the lighting people oh yeah i know they, good lighting people yeah they, they do a lot of work they do yeah. great amounts of work yeah they do but speaking on campaigns is a great lead into my star report special of Drab or Fab, where okay. we talk about like what we're loving right now and oh, what yeah. we're hating. So if you're new to the podcast, Drab or Fab is when my guests and myself, so Lizzie and I today, we'll be speaking about what brands we're loving right now and what brands we're necessarily not Ooh. loving, or what trends we're loving or what trends we're not loving at the moment. So Lizzie, what are you loving at the moment? Oh my God. I don't know. I'm not really a trend person. Like, I shop a lot of vintage and like I wear a lot of men's clothes as you can probably see. So what like men's clothes are you loving right now? What what are you loving in general right now? Cargos. Cargos. No. Always cargos. No, you're not. Yeah. <laughs> I do not like those at all. No, I love a cargo. I love like a really baggy jean, like a very like nineties, like early two thousands, like baggy men's jean. Super into it. Um just like taking boys' clothes and wearing them. So my vibe. I love a Birkenstock. Yay, Frankie. I noticed those. I noticed those. Um, yeah, Birkenstocks are actually great if you're working on set too. Because like if... So comfortable. Not also as well, but like also if you're on a set where you can't wear shoes, you can just throw your shoes off and walk on. And it's like you save yourself the awkwardness of like having to walk around your socks all day. So <laughs> Birkenstocks are fab for work. No, Birkenstocks are my like fab for this right. week. Like they are absolutely we love a I love them, especially yeah. the Arizona silhouette. Those are my favorite silhouettes. Yeah, I wear I wear the Boston's. I think the ones oh. like the closed toes. They're cute. Yeah. yeah, they're good. They're cute. Yeah. And what are you hating? Like, what aren't you liking? Moment. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Like all the Y two K stuff that's coming out. It's like very. I mean, I was. It's forced. It's a little forced. I there's just like some like a lot of the Y two K like aesthetic. I loved because that's like what I saw growing up. What um, is the Y2K? Like the Bratz kind of. Kind of. But like some of it's a, like, why is emo coming back? Like that should have that uh, should have never uh, existed. Uh, uh, like, in my opinion, not not the vibe. Like we all did like the huge side fringe. We, we don't, <laughs> no one wants to see that again. I was on TikTok, yeah. There was a man that was just screaming and he was like, my head! <laughs> and he was in, like the yeah. black punk out up. I was like, this is not, like, please let's not do this. I know. This is not what Machine I want. Gun Kelly, stop it, please. No one wants to see it Oh my anymore. god, did you see that thing about Machine Gun Kelly and Megan Fox like drinking each other's blood? Drinking... That cannot be real. Of course they're real. Like they're fucking crazy. That... <laughs> I mean, I'm kind of into it. Like they're so bizarre. Like they're perfect for each other. I kind of love that for I them. just always thought that thing should just remain private. Like 
things yeah like but that. they do it for like the publicity and like the shock factor that comes with the long saying i guess so i love him so much i drink his blood really scary like when i heard her yeah. say that because i have a few friends that work for glamour actually oh really so, like, yeah because i worked with glamour before yeah, so when yeah. i heard them say like she actually said that and i actually like watched the video i was like this I was like like I did not want to see it. <laughs> so I was like, why don't you want to see it? So I was like, I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> it <made me> uncomfortable. <laughs> no, it's it's I mean, yeah. We know. No, we love love. Like if that makes you happy. Love's amazing. Yeah, Love's scary. Still sticking on my scary love. Love thing. is love is kind of scary now. I know, but, yeah. I agree. No. But you know, it's not I'm not liking. I don't like ribbed I don't like the ribbed material. Is that weird? The like, ribbed just, tank tops and things? Yeah, I do not like it. Do you know what? It's like the yoga pants that are ribbed. That, like, I can see all of your ass. I can see, like, <laughs> I see so many girls and, like, you know what? Maybe they look good on your body, but, like, they're always see-through. I can always see your thong. No. I don't like ribbed clothing at all. Like, I used to back in the day, you know, it makes everything look a bit more, like, curvy and stuff. Mm. But, like, now that I look, I just think, too many lines. Too many lines, Too yeah. many lines. I don't, I don't really like what it. Do you, what do you think about, like, the whale tail coming back? God forbid. You know what? I'm into God, it. No, you're not. I'm so into Well, listen, you like cargo, so you know, not, we're already, like, we're already leaving. No, maybe, maybe not like the whole whale tail, but like, like I love, I, oh, well, I'm a picture, but I don't know what it yeah, is. But like, yeah. When it's basically when like your thong or your G string is like sticking out of your pants. I've seen like them people doing like the, the designer ones, like the, the, pants. the Prada, the yeah, Dior, yeah, yeah, and the yeah. stuff, and I'm thinking like, and the, like the IG girls will like squat down and they'll have like their like, Bro, I'm kind of into it. wearing such huge jeans? Like huge jeans. Like girls be wearing like, Jeans are just Do you know way what? too big for them. No, I mean, and, like, I wear baggy clothes because I don't like to be uncomfortable. Yeah. And that's basically it. No, like, they'll be doing, like, they'll have the wheel top and much, then they'll yeah. have, like, then their jeans will be, like, seven sizes bigger yeah, than the no, actual it's too, size. it's too much. It's like, if you want me to see your underwear, like, you might just walk around in, like, in your underwear. Just walk around <laughs> and then, like, no one's going to say anything anyway. Like, yeah. please. Yeah. It's freedom of, freedom, free rights to clear <laughs> whatever yeah. you want. No, true, true. What are, what are you loving, though? You're hating I'm, ribbed. I'm loving my Birkenstocks. Loving I literally, no, I had, a fi- I had to fight shoe. I had to fight parcel force. Literally, I ordered <laughs> them and they were meant to come like on a Wednesday. And like, they're like out for delivery. I'm looking at the video, like out for delivery again. And I've moved houses. So my house is a bit oh, hard no. to find now. So like, cause my house is a bit hidden. So I was like, oh, okay, like next day. Okay. You need, to let the, you need to put in like the description, like, please call me if you're lost. Cause that happens to me too. I tried. They said that. Due to health and safety reasons, we can't give the delivery driver your number. Like, you're actually taking the mic. Health like, and safety? Anod, I can see Bob, that. You, you, you know my address. Like, <laughs> like literally, I mean? Anod will be bringing your package today. Anod? Who is Anod? I <laughs> know his like name. The, that's like the parcel force man. So I was like, I've literally seen a text saying, Anod's going to drop my parcel today. Where is Anod? Like, give Anod my number. I know his name. Like, we're on face name, on first name <laughs> basis is now. I remember, like, he must, I must be tracking it. I must say, like, he's near something, like, he's near like, a McDonald's. And I live, like, 10 minutes away from McDonald's. So I've just like gone outside every like five minutes just checking when you're driving past. I see the post force is about to drive past. I'm just like, I start running. So I'm like, oh, oh my God. Oh my God. It's so, like, oh, God, God. so desperate for the Birkenstocks. No, because it's getting warm. It's really getting warm. Yeah. And like, my and it's hot today, isn't it? My 90p Primark flip flops aren't always going to cut They're it. They're not going to cut it, no. Not all the time. Do you know as well, like a flip flop in like the city is it's just like dangerous territory. Like you're like when you get home after wearing flip flops in the city, like the black is the black under your feet. <laughs> the black is like, ever. How does that even happen? Like 
it's just like London is like you know what when you don't go to like very central places of London like you blow your nose like black comes out and you're like what the fuck <laughs> the air is so dirty what is though. in the air to the make my snot so, be black the air is so dirty because I always like, when I go to the countryside like you can feel the difference in the air you're you can breathing. see it like your skin gets better your hairs look like shit you're like wow <laughs> <laughs> no like you can actually feel like the that's why they say the country air I always think it was a joke until I started going to the countryside quite frequently yeah. and you, just, you even feel better like you feel less stressed I you feel like I walk around do. London so tense do you know what I feel the same like it's very interesting I've moved a lot around I've lived here for five years now and I've moved five times and it really depends like what area at least for me like where I feel less stress and less anxiety like if I if I live in places where we're really busy I feel like the FOMO is bad like I need to be going out more like doing those things but if it's like a good chilled vibe you can like turn off a bit better yeah in a way that you can't definitely because a lot of my friends are at university right now that whenever I see them I'm always like yeah like I wish I was there but like being in London, all I'm doing is working. Like yeah. all everyone, all my friends here are doing is working. Like, we're all working. Yeah. We're all getting up, working. I go to the gym. That's that. That's my fun. Sadly, like it's actually so yeah, sad. I've been my... to the gym in such a long time. You don't need the gym though. You're amazing. Like you look great. I mean, I probably should. I feel like my back is getting old. Like what the? God, I'm swearing so much. Excuse me. <laughs> no, but obviously you're very beautiful. And you're young still, and like you know, you've got so much going on for you. But like for someone that wants to get into the beauty industry, what is something that you'd recommend them? Like, no. It's a good question. What's something that you should know? I think practice your craft. Like, there's a lot of people I see on Instagram who do makeup on themselves and doing makeup on someone else is a completely different thing. You know, if you can do makeup on other people, well, then that's a great start. But like, don't only practice on yourself because that's not going to get you very far. Um, but I would be, I would follow people on Instagram or like look at magazines or, you know, whatever's coming out. Like British Vogue is like popping out some beautiful things at the moment look who's current like look who whose work you aspires yours to look like look look at people's careers like where you see or what kind of things that you want for yourself I would be proactive do some test shoots I mean again it depends like on what kind of things you want to do if you want to do more like client things for like events and stuff do some we sign up to some different like there are things like blow and I think they're called like the ruby app where you can start uh, doing client things like that and that's a great way to build a network for yourself. An agency, right? it is an agency yeah. but it's kind of like a mix between of like having an agent and like being freelance okay. from what i understand i've never done it but like it seems like a good stepping stone things like that um but in terms of advice just like be nice be proactive be on time 10 to 15 minutes early i mean it's not it's not necessary for everyone but like as a rule of thumb for me I always try to get to places early just so that you, it, you know, it sets the tone for the day. And it's especially, if, <clears throat> especially if you're working with someone who you've never met before, it starts the day off right. They're like, oh, she can come on time. She knows where the dress is. Like she knows where the coffee is, you know, it's yeah. Yeah. Be nice, be on time and be proactive. And what is something you wish you knew before you started out? Like what is something that you wish someone's kind of told you before you got in to the thick of it? I remember my first fashion week, my first, or maybe it was my second show of the day. I did three shows in one day, which was wow, intense. And I met this makeup artist and he was really lovely. And there was another girl there too. And she was also very nice, but I was, had my station next to them and they spent the entire show bitching 
about other makeup artists. And they were a few years older than me. I think I was like 22 or 23 at the time. And they spent the whole show bitching about people and like complaining about the industry and complaining about work, blah, blah, blah. And we were actually all going to the next show together. So we shared a cab and they were like, this is your first, this is your first, uh, this is your first season. Like, oh my God, da, 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 da. like people are going to steal your brushes. People are going to like throw things at you. And I was like, what? I was like scared shitless. And I was like, you throwing things at you. Well, it's interesting. Cause like, I've never had an experience like that, but I think that if you, the industry is not as catty as I think a lot of people think it is. But again, like I'm a big believer if you're nice to people, people are nice back to you. But like these two people, I barely ever see them and things because I fear that their energy and like their heads are not in the right space. And despite like how good your work can be, if you're not pleasant to be around or like you're not nice to people, you won't get booked again. Doesn't matter who you are unless you're like, you know, top, top, top dog doesn't really matter. But like, you know, starting out. Yeah. So if someone could give me an advice or if I could give myself advice starting out again, don't let people scare you. Just be true to yourself and like be nice. Being nice is so important. It's like, like the number one thing. Honestly, for anything, like whatever you want to do, like obviously being nice can mean whatever you want, but like just being good to people, it goes so far. And I feel like you can also achieve so much through just being nice. Like, look, that the prime example is like you were nice to that men in black woman who was just sitting, the Johnny Depp, the one that, that the yeah, Pirate of Caribbean one, like she was just sitting, you're doing her makeup. I was doing her makeup nicely. and like, yeah, we were just like having a chat. That. Exactly. And I got a job from it. And to be honest, it's how I've gotten a lot of my work because like people are like, wow, like you're good and you're good at your job and you're nice to be around. I trust you to do things for me and I can put you forward for work because I like you and like, I feel like you're good. I love that so much. Mm. And I always say, like, I want these style reports to be, like, an opportunity-providing hub. So, obviously, mm. you do your own work. Do you ever need assistance on your work? Occasionally, I do, yeah. Like, so, I occasionally, I do. So, like, yeah, let's do it. So, like, where can they contact you? Don't even say Instagram. Your Instagram is, like, so terrible. My Instagram, I mean, guys, my Instagram is so dead. You'd think she doesn't but get my, bookings my, with your Instagram. You'd my, think. My, I don't even you're know. always working. <laughs> you're always <laughs> Sorry, babe, I'm working right now. I'll call you up. I, I know. You- I'm always working. Um, No, my email. My email is on my Instagram, so you can yeah. email me there. Um. I don't it, know if my phone number is there, but it might be. It's just Lizzie Checkley. Lizzie Checkley at gmail.com. Yeah, I'll tag her as well in the bio yeah. so that will be there. I mean, maybe by the time this comes out, I'll come out of my reclusive, reclusiveness of being on Instagram and actually start posting again. You should, though, because you do amazing ones. Only, I always have to, like, drag them out. Like, I, I, you'd think you don't get booked, but it's, like, it's so funny because it's, like, you can do a lot off of social media. And I always say that like, yeah. people that don't post are probably always doing the most as well. Do you know what? you know do do as i say not as i do post on instagram like get your content out I've, i just have a fear <laughs> yeah i have i have a fear of like i have anxiety when it comes to posting like serious anxiety it's I, like i'm a lot better now mm. but it was so bad before for me it was like really the likes things like if i didn't get a certain amount of likes and like oh everyone hates it like this must be shit i think instagram but you can like turn off the that. likes now yeah, like, which Instagram's i figured out how to do that. but like i will do that and then maybe that'll take away the anxiety if i don't I think know instagram's how many even people helping that. i feel like they began to notice that people actually like Numbers play such a big part in yeah. the way people feel about themselves, yeah. which is so sad. I agree. And it's also good for influencers because, like, influencers can have, like, a following of, like, 27K and they could get, like, zero engagement. But because they can turn off who, like, engage their posts, they're still getting those brand collabs, you know? Works both ways. I mean, people buy followers, though, don't they? It's, like, crazy. <laughs> Can't imagine doing that. It just feels like too much effort. Mm. Too much effort. Just, like, I honestly don't care enough, but maybe if I did, I'd be further along in my career i don't know <laughs> but you know is your organicness probably has helped where you are 
Yeah. Right now. Is organic this a word? Maybe. I don't know. Like, I feel like I was actually, I got a cab home with a friend of uni from uni yesterday who's actually on the job I was on. And he basically was telling me about like what he's been doing for the past few months. And I was like, you know, I feel like every person I ever meet, like boy, woman, whatever, boy, girl, whatever, like not even like a romantic way, but I just kind of fall in love with everyone I meet. It's like a little bit. And, and I just feel like that's how, I don't know. Yeah. I like, I love my job and I love people and it's a very good combination of the two. And that's how I think I've been somewhat successful is yeah. Being in love with everyone. (laughs) (laughs) God, that sounds so stupid. I love speaking to you. You're just, you make me feel so calm. Like you're just such a nice light energy. Oh, babes. I'm sure anyone listening to this will probably even get that vibe as well. I manic as shit sometimes. <laughs> Where but, is this brush? <laughs> but no, but you're, you're very cool. No, to be honest, on the, sh- on the shoots I've worked with you on, you're very calm and collected. But maybe because yeah. those shoots are very, like... Yeah, I mean, like, the things that we've done haven't been too intense. Like, show days can be, especially, like, at lineup. This lineup is um when, if you don't know, it's, like, when the models are, like, all getting ready to go out and, like, you're doing, like, finishing touches that can be intense like if someone's like hair some you know because sometimes people arrive from shows from like a different show like imagine like glitter all over their face like the next look is supposed to be like bare face like super minimal or like a red lip and you've got like 30 seconds to do and you're like poof (laughs) this is how it's gonna happen i don't know that can be intense yeah i can only imagine so i'm a little different on things like that (laughs) i try never to lose my cool and like i will never ever be mean to anyone like even if someone's being i mean i've been like you know there's been like obviously like a little bit of shitty times at work sometimes but kill them with kindness big believer right that's a great piece of advice and on that note thank you so much lizzie for coming thank to you. chat it's been an amazing chat and you're a great friend obviously yeah, thank and you. thanks to anyone who's taken the time to listen to me thanks, and guys. Talk. you can find her on instagram at if lizzie. you want to <laughs> i'm gonna want to tell them your instagram it's lizzie checkley l-a-double-z-i-e-c-h-e-c-k-l-e-y and yeah, that's Lizzie's social media. So message her because she also does like want assistance. She'll need assistance for things. She's always working. So that's probably always yeah, something. Yeah, I do actually occasionally need assistance. So yeah. yeah. Or I mean, we can always share work too. So oh, who knows? Oh, that's so great. Well, thank you again, Lizzie. And thank, thank you, you to anyone who took the time to listen. And I will see you on the next episode. Be sure to follow the Star Report podcast. And yeah, see you later, guys. See you. Thank you.